The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is currently still Saturday, January 15th, a day that will live on in infamy for Bengals fans, whatever that was. Oh, that was uh, us probably going live on YouTube. Um, If you're listening to the podcast, it is very likely Sunday, January 16th. Cincinnati Bengals, that's the team we're going to cheer to victory. Touchdown, Bengals. Get some points up on that board and win a game for Cincinnati. Okay, I won't, I won't make you suffer through anymore. All right, so we're going to dive into the Bills-Patriots game. <laughs> Joining me to break down the uh, first uh, evening of Super Wild Card Weekend, Saturday's action, of course. Um, Saturday night, of course, was uh, took place on CBS. We'll get to that, but naturally, we have to start um, with the Cincinnati Bengals. By the way, if we get to 200 likes, I'm told we'll give away Brinson sucks hat. Um, maybe we'll even find a way for like Breach to do something like autograph it. I don't, know, I don't know. Whatever the hell we'll do. Um, like, hey, look. Um, all right. Anyway, Wilson, what's up, buddy? How you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I'm happy for John Breach. You and I both were quite ecstatic for John Breach. And let's be honest, I'm a curmudgeon and you are forever. uh, Spiteful and uh, and, and, an ulterior motive and mean and all that stuff. Yeah. All I would say, though, is that uh, and I think this actually transcends just the, the fight song you just sang Breach. It feels like every fight song stinks, and maybe you should take it upon yourself if this if the Bengals win the Super Bowl to rewrite the fight song. But I do enjoy hearing you sing it. No, that's crazy talk. The Bengals fight song, uh, <laughs> if they played it on pop radio, it would be the number one pop hit radio. every single year. It is an yeah, amazing pop radio. An amazing song that does not need to be changed whatsoever. (laughs) I text my friends after this win, and I was like, what happens next? The Bengals get a trophy? They play another game? It's been so long. (laughs) I don't know. I'm just – I'm good with one win. I'm good. uh, good. The last time – the Bengals streak started when you're on your ninth birthday when they lost to the Raiders. In a game, by the way – Bo Jackson's last game because the Bengals stunk so bad to kill Bo Jackson too. Jeez, Louise. it was Bo Jackson's last game. He injured his hip uh, on a tackle by Kevin Walker, and that was kind of the Bengals fans saw this as the curse of Bo Jackson. 
and for it to all come full circle. Uh, and like you said, Brinson, that was my ninth birthday. I just celebrated my 40th birthday. I didn't see any wins in the 20s or when I was in my 30s or in my teens. And it took this long and it finally happened. 31 years of waiting. If I knew it was going to be this great, I would have gladly waited 31 more years. It wasn't easy. Uh, although the Bengals look pretty sharp. They won 26 to 19 against the Las Vegas Raiders. Joe Burrow was spectacular. The one flaw of the Bengals was probably their lack of execution in the red zone. Um, can I, uh, before you go on, can I put Breach on the spot here with a, a very serious question? All right, Breach, rank them. Birth of your daughter, your marriage, this Bengals victory. Oh, well, you know what? My my wife and daughter were both here to experience it with me, so they're all tied for one. And you know what? I, I, can't, <laughs> I can't put the Bengals on top because – what if they win the divisional round? That one will be even bigger because then it gets into the AFC title game. Uh, but this was definitely sweet. Uh, it was pretty crazy when it happened. So it's 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 it was awesome. Well, and the other thing, too, is you can't, you know, say on a live recorded t- uh, podcast episode that there's a streaming on the Internet that you prefer to Bengals wildcard super. Wild I don't think anyone would hold it against them. Victory over the birth of your daughter and marriage to your wife. I mean, I will say the Bengals have never lost a playoff game in my daughter's life. So that's kind of cool. Uh, she has that hanging on her hat. I told you these 40s would be different. All right. So, uh, do you want to dive into the game? Do you want to sort of talk about your feelings here? Yeah, um, let, let Breach have his uh, yeah, five minutes think? of uh, you, you think I, maybe he'll cry. I want to see what happens here. Well, you know what's funny is that I, I was what, by the way, Breach, happy birthday, buddy. Cheers to your Bengals. Cheers to the Bengals. I was in I was in Cincinnati during the week uh right before my birthday and, and got to hang out with my family and got to spend a lot of time with my dad. Uh and it's just it was interesting talking about what the past 30 years have been like. Cause as has been pointed out, he was the last person to score in a Bengals playoff win before Saturday night. Um He's 65, so it had been that long, and it was just it was about time for something to change. And so it was just cool having a text thread with him and the rest of my family. Uh, but you know what? Like you, one of you just said, the Bengals definitely did not make this easy. This was uh I I think I was gonna have an anxiety attack in the fourth quarter, and even though I was gonna make it to this podcast because I thought for sure they were gonna blow it. You know, any other fan base that has dealt with horrible losses, I'm sure Vikings fans, Bills fans losing four Super Bowls, you just, there's just this dark cloud that always hangs over your head and you're always expecting the worst to happen. So when the Bengals are leading uh, 23 to 13 in the fourth quarter or 26 to 16, they're up 10. They're up two scores with six minutes left. You don't think there's most people probably thinking there's no way the Bengals could blow this. But if you were a Bengals fan, you're like, oh, my God, they're going to blow this. This somehow this is going to be flipped upside down and they're going to lose. Uh, and so, you know, when the Raiders were making that final drive at the end of the game, I, I, I after Derek Carr got sacked um, and made, I think, third and 17, I was like, oh, my God, they're going to win. Uh, and then, you know. Shouldn't have had that thought because the next play he nails, uh, I think Darren Waller, um, with yep. with with a great throw, with a great throw that I didn't even know Derek Carr was capable of in cold weather. And then it was like, oh my God, now they're going to lose again. What am I doing here? Uh, and then obviously Carr ended up getting intercepted on that final play. Hey, uh, just uh, who who sacked him and who intercepted him? Jermaine Pratt. Yeah, intercepted him. Who sacked him? I can't remember. Uh, oh, that's right. It was BJ Hill, baby. 
that wolf act. Jermaine Pratt and BJ Hill making plays to save the day for you on the final drive breach. What make NC about State you? represent. Uh, yeah, hey, and, hey and, man, I told my friends I was like, if the Bengals win today, we're getting an ACC title sometime in the next five years. Like the, these droughts are snapping, man. Like it feels, it makes you believe that you can like actually succeed at something. Your team can actually succeed after years of futility. Yeah, absolutely. And so that was. I mean, the fact that it went down to the wire and you weren't sure it was going to happen until an interception with 12 seconds left made it that much sweeter, uh, even though I almost had a heart attack at about four different but points in this game. Here's the thing, Breach. Even if Derek Carr had somehow thrown a touchdown at the end, it only would have been a tie. In years past, it would have been... It might have gone for two. No, they were going to keep no, that. No, goal knowing last the week. Bengals, the Raiders would have gone for one. The Bengals would have blocked it. And then the <laughs> kicker, the Raiders kicker would have picked it up and run it in for two. That would have been was, the I mean, perfect I was way. sort of thinking they would go for two because you have Rich Bisakia, this interim coach, um, a defense that hadn't really been able to slow down the Bengals much. I mean, right. know, the Bengals picked up, um, you know, they, they were just really their only struggles. They were two of five in the red zone. That was the only real problem for them offensively. I mean, Joe Burrow played an incredible game. He was moving the ball easily. Fantastic pocket movement. Um, you know, you know, there's some controversies we'll get to, but uh, it did feel like... Um, it, it I played- said in the first quarter that this is a layup. This is going to be a victory. And then I just told Breach right before you you joined us fashionably late as always, Brinson, that this game, I at no point was ever concerned about the Bengals. So clearly it was close. The last drive it came down to. Yeah, I was but concerned I, about that. I guess I, I was more worried about the spread than the straight up. But that was yeah. the Raiders' whole season was you, you, right, you know, like when exactly. they beat the Colts or they beat the Chargers, they just stick around. They just hang around. Absolutely. Uh, and then they finally, they find a way to win after the game. The losing team's like, how the hell did we just lose to the Raiders? Yeah. And I thought, you know, Full credit, like Rich Passaccia deserves the job. He probably won't get it just because he's he's not a shiny new object. I thought that uh, Derek Carr played much better than we all expected, so credit to him. But Joe Burrow was the best player on the field. Jamar Chase was probably the second best player on the field. The defense was dominating. Let me ask a breach before we get too far uh, ahead here. How, how, how concerned are you about these injuries? Mike Daniels, yeah. Ogun Joby, Hendrickson. Mike Hilton left for a second. Joe Mixon had- was a concussion, so you would think he'd be able to clear protocol. Well, who knows? I mean, yeah. the funny yeah. thing about the NFL concussions are you can play in three days. Every other sport, you're out for a month. So yeah, yeah. Like a, that's sort like of weird. Well, I, w- I would say football. that I am super concerned because if Larry Ogdenobi's out, if Trey Hendrickson is out, uh, Mike Daniels is dealing with a, a groin injury. He was a, another defense. If you're lo- if it's you're the, doing- it's the worst possible cluster injury to have, if you're going, and to Joe Mixon was yes. hobbling too. Yeah, I mean, that's that's obviously not ideal, but obviously you have Joe Burrow back there. And, yeah. you know, if you have to sling it 50 times because Joe Mixon's injured, then you do it. But I think for what would potentially be the next round, you can't be down three defensive linemen if you're going up against Derrick Henry. So that that Ooh. is definitely yeah. uh, concerning. But again, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Just something right, I was right, thinking right, about right. So, the yeah, the defensive linemen. I mean, the, the Raiders average 7.4 yards per rush. Like, yes. that's, that is a and, – and it – and they weren't, and they were in a comeback mode a lot of the second half. So you didn't see them. You know, they, it was you know sort of weird because they were throwing a lot. It felt like they should have kept running, but it's hard to do that in the moment. Um, Josh Jacobs, the uh, the over on carries did not hit. But he he looked he looked sharp. Um, mm-hmm. I I would uh, yeah, thirteen carries, eighty three yards. I mean, in a perfect world, I think the Raiders' defense plays a little bit better. And they're able to, you know, kind of use Josh Jacobs more the way that they wanted to. And they I just don't know kinda, what the Raiders have done better defensively. Like uh, it wasn't like that. That's how the Raiders have played all year. Yeah, like, I just mean that the. I mean, Burrow played so, like 
the, the the Bengals could have been up twenty eight. No, probably should have been up twenty one nothing. And That's could have been thing. Up yeah, twenty eight nothing. And that actually points to the the Raiders defense actually doing better than expected. They were able to hold those two. I think the second and third drive or whatever it was. Just they had points. one of the worst red zone defenses in the NFL going into it. The worst. And, and when they're holding the Bengals, it feels like, oh, my God, maybe this is the Raiders' day. Because when your defense comes up in the clutch, when it usually oh, doesn't. Please. Breach, you, you're no longer a loser. You're like the Red Sox fans when they finally won. Stop yeah. acting like the loser. Oh, Embrace being no, a loser. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Red Sox um, won World Series. So Joe Burrow now moves. I'm going to do the quick napkin math here. <laughs> in win or go. Not, I'm going to call him win or go home. Must win games. He now moves. I don't even know if we talked about this last week. The actual stats are mind-bending. He is now 7-0 with, I believe, 3,200 passing yards, 31 touchdowns, and zero interceptions. Those games include this matchup against Oakland. I mean, Las Vegas. Still doing it. This matchup against Las Vegas. The final two weeks of the regular season. And, you know, that was – I mean, their playoff hopes were – you know, up in the air. They were trying to win the division, right? His uh, final two weeks. Because his, his, his final two weeks. Sorry, yes, yeah, week sixteen and week seventeen. Um, and then it includes the two playoff games from his uh, final, his only, his only year at LSU, a game against Georgia in the uh, uh, SEC championship game, and then a game against Alabama in the regular season. Where if you don't beat Bama, you're not going to the title game, and therefore you're eliminated from the college football playoff. In those games, seven and zero, three thousand passing yards. It's like he averages something like 415 passing yards per game, 31 touchdowns, zero interceptions. Like this That'll dude work. is a, a, an ice-cold, like a, a stone-cold killer with ice in his veins. Mm, that's a lot of freezing. Yeah, and and then, you know, uh, people were talking about that going into this game, and then the first half, the Bengals didn't punt a single time, and, and the Raiders could not stop them. Uh, except, you know, they held him to field goals instead of touchdowns a few times. But the Bengals offense was basically moving the ball at will in the first half. It did feel going into halftime that the Raiders, I mean, the Raiders were down 20 to 13 because they got that really quick uh, touchdown pass to Zay Jones. With you know, They scored in a minute, 38 seconds, ran 11 plays. Well, if we want to talk about right before halftime, right before that Raiders touchdown, the other touchdown. Yeah, well, yeah let's, well, let's get to that. I mean, the, the yeah, let's just go into it. Yeah, I mean, I have on my notepad, and I, my notes are short today because I stopped writing half about halfway through the Bills and, uh, and, and Pat's game. But I have a whole a gigantic boger, uh, you know, section written out. The whistle, it's it, it's what the game will be remembered for, which is kind of a shame because no, Derek it will Hart, not be. But go ahead. Okay, okay, the game will be remembered for the Bengals breaking the streak. But when people talk about the Bengals breaking the streak, they will say that was the Jerome Boger whistle game. I won't, but go ahead. Raiders fans will. Right. Yeah. Um, so and again, before you go on and you can go first, but here, here's the thing. And I know it's your world and it's not my world. And I have come to grips with that through therapy. If you are not on social media, it's just another mistake by a bunch of dumb, dumb oh, refs. That's not accurate. What do you mean? It's not accurate. I mean, like I'm, I mean, like I'm texting with my friends about it. It's all we were talking about. Like the group, that's all the group chat, like multiple group chats. That's all anyone's talking about. I, I didn't think it was that big. I mean, it was a terrible call, but at the end of the day, it didn't. You didn't affect think it was that big of a deal in terms of the outcome. No, but go ahead. I mean, I, you you go ahead, and I'll circle back. Okay, so Joe Burrow is rolling to his right, and it looks like he's thinking about throwing the ball away. And as he is takes his final step, and this is on the third and four from the Raiders' four, ten yard line. Yep, with uh, with two. This is 
Oh, it happened right at the two-minute warning, actually. First play after the two-minute warning. Right. So, because yeah, so first play after the two-minute warning, and Burrow takes one final step, and he's you know he's, he's that you're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting to see if somebody can come open, and he sees Tyler. Bo- it was Tyler Boyd, right? Yeah, he sees Tyler yep. Boyd, throws it ten yards, and as the ball is traveling in the air, at some point, like hearing it live, you know, it was it was hard to really discern. You had to go back and watch it. And I breached it this, but there's a whistle. And it's not a fan whistle. Maybe there was a fan whistle happening at the same time. This was a referee's whistle that is blown. And official it, whistle. An official it, it, whistle. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't Booger. It wasn't Booger, yeah. Um, and so everybody's completely confused. And Booger comes on and says, uh, the, and they initially, I felt like, were blowing the play dead as it was happening. They then he then comes out and says the ruling on the field is a t- because it, Joe Burrow looked like he was close to the sidelines initially. They go back and you show the replay and he's like, I mean, you know, he's I mean he's like a good distance from the. There's no way you could think he he stepped out unless you're a hundred miles away. And what about, 18, what about eighteen inches away? Should you be able to see it from there? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it was close. It was close. It, it, on, the, on the on the on the broadcast, you weren't sure right away if he had stepped out. You assumed since the whistle had been blown that he'd stepped out, but they did the replay. It's like there's no chance he stepped out. Boyd catches the touchdown. As you can see, Moerig there looks like he's sort of kind of the Raiders looked like they had stopped giving up on the play because they had heard the whistle. Some of them did. Wrong. Go ahead. Okay. And um, <laughs> they. They come out and they say, all right, the ruling on the field is a touchdown. And then it was like weird how they bre- breached. What, what, what were your emotions as this is happening? How did you see it playing out? I guess is my question. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't when I, listen things. The, uh, <laughs> I didn't tweet about it because I knew if I sided with the Bengals that, you know, I'm going to come across like this huge Bengals homer. But I, I think I essentially agree with, with Wilson's about to say as far as the Raiders stopping because watching the play, it looked like the whistle blew maybe point two seconds before Tyler Boyd caught it. So it wasn't enough time for any Raiders player to react and like stop doing what they were doing. So I don't think it impacted anything about the play. Now, by the letter of the law, it is supposed to be a dead ball if the whistle blows. And by the letter of the law, it should have been a replay of the down. So like I get totally get why anyone would be upset, especially if you're a Raiders fan. Um, but I do not think it impacted the actual play because it was so close to when Boyd caught it. It wasn't like any Raiders, you know, you had 0.2 seconds to react from the whistle to the ball being in his hand. You know, the ball's flying at 50 miles an hour and the whistle blows 0.2 seconds before it's it's in his hand. So in that sense, it's weird because for there not to be a way for the NFL to, uh, because if you take a touchdown away, you penalize the Bengals for running a play that well, the Raiders I mean, couldn't stop. So, well, to be to be clear, like even though by the letter of the law and the NFL rule book, the whistle sounding before the play was complete, it should have been replayed as right. a third and four, third and four, I guess. Erroneous right. whistle is the rule. an erroneous whistle. Correct. By the letter of the law, it should have been replayed. So I understand why Raiders fans are upset. Had they decided to replay the down, the Bengals would have been extremely hosed, like way more hosed than the Raiders got hosed in this particular instance. I would say that Raiders fans don't have a reason to be upset because the reality is, this is what I said on HQ. If you're watching the game on mute, you go, oh my God, great play by Joe Burrow. Great catch by Tyler Boyd. Trevon Moore got smoked in coverage. Let's go on to the extra point. So just because some numbnut blew the whistle because he's a moron 
Yeah. I don't know who the guy is, and I don't. Maybe he's a great grandfather and all other stuff. Why should that penalize the Bengals? And why should that give? And it is an advantage to the Raiders. And I say this as a Steelers homer. I'm watching it, going, "There's absolutely no reason." I would imagine that you know, uh, NFL referee HQ said, "Listen, you guys really royally screwed that one up." Just pretend like it, it didn't happen. And after the game, Walt Anderson, who I think is now the head of officials, said, oh, no, no, the, the whistle came after the after the catch, which clearly didn't happen. Well, that's what the ref said, the pool report, and then Walt Anderson just stood by the, the official, gotcha. what they said in yeah. the pool report. But um, I, also, the reason they stopped, hold, let me just quickly, yeah. 10 seconds. The reason they stopped Tyler Boyd, Teron Morg, because they did hear a whistle, but as Breach noted, it happened right before Tyler Boyd caught the ball, and you're wondering why would some – Numb nut blow a whistle right here at this point in the game. So I have I should have pointed out too, like when I said that the Raiders players slowed up, I didn't think it was that egregious how much they slowed up. It, I it just saw the replay on NFL Network too, and it looks like Morig almost he slowed up because he realized Tyler Boyd was catching a touchdown. Like his, it, you know, he was like, ah, I got beat. Yeah, um, exactly, that's right. So you can see it if you're watching on YouTube, and if you're watching. Uh, go ahead and hit that like button, subscribe, rate, and review. If we get to 200 likes, we will give away a Brinson Sucks hat. Um, Paul Daner Jr., friend of the uh, podcast, was interviewing. This is interesting, too. This has changed. I don't know if this is a COVID change or if this is a uh, NFL decision to avoid awkward problems change. But now, well, you used to, the pool reporter, so they pick a, one of the PFWA uh, reporters at the game gets a one-on-one -on -one with the referees and then distributes the quotes to everybody. So it's not like an exclusive or anything like oh, that. I they, see. Don't, yeah, yeah. they don't want the referee to interview with everybody. It used to be that you would talk to the head official. So like J Paul Dano Jr. would have talked to Jerome Boger. Instead, they put him on either a zoom or a, a call, whatever with Walt Anderson, who's the VP of officiating in New York. And he asked him about it. He says, can you talk through the conversations that were had on the inadvertent whistle in Cincinnati's touchdown in the second quarter? Anderson, said, Anderson says, we confirmed with the referee and the crew on that play. They got together and talked. They determined that they had a whistle, but that the whistle for them on the field was blown after the receiver caught the ball. Um, okay, that's a lie and not accurate. So Daner follows up and said, so they didn't think that the whistle was blown while the ball was in the air. Anderson says, that's correct. They did not feel that the whistle was blown before the receiver caught the ball. All right, doubling down. Daner, where did the inadvertent whistle come from? Is one of the officials. Do you know the back judge? No. Anderson says, the ruling on the field was a touchdown, but we still have to confirm any reviewable aspect of the play. So we confirmed it, blah, 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 blah. And then finally, Daner asks, and that whistle was blown after the receiver had already caught the ball. And he says, what is specific in Rule 15 is that an erroneous whistle is not a reviewable play. And this is the key part. Because Rule 15, Section 4, non-reviewable plays. A, whether an erroneous whistle sounded, which is an incredible loophole for the officials. Because once they make their decision on the field and go with that ruling, whether they say no touchdown, whether they say he stepped out of bounds and we blew the play dead, or whether you say it's a touchdown, you can't review it either way. So I think what happened is Walt Anderson and the NFL, v, uh, the NFL officiating office got in Boger's ear and were like, yo, he is he was not close to out of bounds. You have to rule that a touchdown immediately. And right call. That's the right thing to do. It is, but we now have sort of the, the eye in the sky, Wizard of Oz situation unfolding with these officials they get it right. I don't care. I don't care. They have stupid rules on the books, and they said in this instance, this is the right call. Once again, if you're watching this game on mute, 
There's no question. And it, that the whistle, even though it was blown a split second before Tyler Boyd caught the ball because that moron blew the whistle, who cares? Like the Raider, I guarantee the Raiders players would say, uh, yeah, they're scoring that touchdown anyway. I get it. It's it's illegal. It's an erroneous whistle. I feel like uh, Chris Farley doing uh, uh, Van Down by the River. But uh, the end of the day, it's a touchdown. And like, I, look, <clears throat> I understand why Raiders – Fans are upset because you know you feel like you got over the whistle. Should they shouldn't be upset about this? Bruce. I understand why they are. They are, I mean, and I understand it. If it happened to your team in a playoff game, you're going to be upset. But I think the flip side is this isn't like overruling an interception. If they had overturned <laughs> it, the Bengals would have run another play from the Raiders' ten yard line, third and four. And you know what? At that point, you have no idea what's going to happen. What if they run the ball? Uh, you know, then the Raiders have to use a timeout. The Bengals kick a field goal or the Bengals offense, as we said, had not been stopped the entire first half. So what if they get a first down? What if they get five yards and then, then they run out the rest of the first half and they get either a field goal or a touchdown, one or the other. Let's say they just get a field goal. Then they're up 16 to six at halftime instead of 20 to 13. So now they have a 10 point lead instead of a touchdown lead because the Raiders never get the ball to you know, score that touchdown right before the half, so it really opens this kind of Pandora's box of I don't, you know, just our what if scenario. As a Raiders fan, you can't assume your team was going to stop the Bengals because they had not stopped them up to. I would imagine Rationals again, Steelers Homer here. Rational Raiders fans don't care about that call. They know that the officials screwed it up, and it would have been a benefit for them to get that call. And as our buddy Joe Musa points out in the comments, probably sipping his red wine, will. "Quote unquote Rule 16, Section 4." <laughs> look, at, look at Jonathan Chavez. Dude is only salty because the Raiders smacked his Steelers in Week Two. The difference oh, is oh, a pie down hard, down hard. I was actually uh, played. I, I was actually played a bunch of dunk music while I was hosting the Friday show on HQ, so I had to mute my my dunk button there. Um, I, I, one other thing, just on the the eye in the sky factor, there was a play call where there was a play where. Um, I think it was Brian Edwards. Maybe it was Darren Waller. Derek Carr threw a pass. But, and look, the officials had an awful night in this game. Yes. Let's not, let's not yes. sugarcoat it. Jerome Berger was a disaster. Least surprising development. Uh, of course. Yeah, yeah. Including the blowout in Buffalo. Um, By the way, Bingo. Oh, oh, one other thing. Oh, sorry, a couple, just a couple of quick notes from this section. They had, there were tons of holding calls. Every single member of the Raiders offensive line was called for holding, which is kind of amazing. I don't remember that ever happening. Um, they gave Derek Carr a play where he flopped with his head and acted like he'd been hit in the head, and there's a 15-yard penalty for, for roughing the passer. And there was the, uh, the timeout that the Raiders got gifted on a huge play by the Bengals, and – then they said they waved off a roughing the passer foul on Max Crosby because the contact was inadvertent, even though he shoved Joe no, Burrow. No, no. It was a timeout before the play even began. Yeah, but I don't think it matters. A personal foul would still apply there. If, it, if there's no play, how's the personal foul? But so the Raiders got the timeout and they didn't get hit with the penalty. So a double. Hayward called the timeout before the play was went off. So that was the right call. They got that one right. I yeah, don't think, yeah, yeah, I mean, they, yeah. I mean, I mean you're dunking on them for undunking. I mean, I mean, it was a mess. It was like they, they were confused in the mess. And look, any, anyway, but my thing about the eye in the sky stuff is not specific to Boger. There was a play where there was an incomplete pass and it was overturned and they go up and the Raiders run a really fast offense and go up there. Oh, no, no. So then the next play is to Hunter Renfro. And, and the eye in the sky popped in on the first play and said, hold on a second. And Boger goes up and goes, uh, the rule, they ruled it incomplete. And he's like, uh, actually, the ruling on the field is a catch. And so 
the Raiders on the next play. It's complete to Hunter Renfro, but as he's going out of bounds, he loses the ball, and it looks like it's really close as to whether to catch or not. The NFL does not buzz in on that. They force Zach Taylor to throw a challenge, to throw a challenge flag. And my issue is that we are not being told when, where, how, and for what reason the NFL is buzzing in from, from New York on certain plays. Like, if you have back-to-back plays where it's a questionable situation with a catch, why is New York not getting involved the, in the second one Mike, when they get involved in the first one? I know you like to have full disclosure. Uh, you need to know everything, and that's that. That's fine. I get that. The first one was clearly a catch, and they just botched, they botched it. it. The second one was, okay, there is some something that the, the official on the field needs to look at and determine whether it's a catch or not. I, I understand that. And if the, the plays had been switched and, and the calls had been switched, I would have been fine with that as well. I know what you're saying. I know you don't like the the secrecy, the Wizard of Oz behind the veil stuff, but I, I understood why they did it there. And they got both right. The, the both issue, of course. Correct. And I'm with you. That is but the it, it cost it cost Zach Taylor a, a challenge. I get all that um, in terms of his ability to challenge later should that have happened. But I, I know what you're saying. The point just being that the NFL, one, needs to come out and say when when they use the eye in the sky – the official on the field needs to read that he needs to say we've like, there needs to be some declaration that it's replay assist or whatever Tariqa was talking about. Like they never, they, they added this, this like this year in the middle of the season and didn't tell anybody it's mm-hmm. insane. Like they need to say uh, uh, the original ruling of the field was incomplete replay assist has determined that that was a complete pass. Raiders second down, you know, please put eight seconds back on the clock or, or, you know, whatever it is. And then, you know, the same thing, like, and if you're Zach Taylor, you need to, like, I was, I was, I had to bet on the Bengals. So I was worried. I was, I wanted the Bengals to win. Um, for, you know, full for, disclosure, full disclosure for, I mean, for, for, I Brees. made Brinson bet on the Bengals. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I had them as the best bet, but, um, I, I, I was panicked cause I thought Zach Taylor was going to not throw the challenge flag in time because I was thinking, Oh my God, he probably, he's probably waiting for the eye in the sky to pop in. Cause they just did it for the last play. And then not, it didn't happen. I will say this. Uh, Colin, well, by the way, shout out to Colin bear in the chat. Yes. I, I yeah. Venmo your hundred dollars at some point. Um, well, Colin, folks in the, folks in the Colin, comments, Colin and his brother went to every single loss in the Andy Dalton era. Mm-hmm. Finally got to walk out victorious today. Folks in the comments are salty with Ryan Wilson for for his anti Raiders takes. Mm. Uh, look, man, I don't know to tell you. You can say that I'm, I'm I'm mad because the Steelers lost the Raiders. That's fine. But if you're if you're a fan and you think that touchdown should be overturned, what are we doing? That's a touchdown all day long. And the Raiders, you know, they just shot themselves in. If I actually thought this was a, a pretty even game except the Raiders made the biggest mistakes so and the Bengals didn't make any big Sean Jackson mistakes. dropped a touchdown on, on the first half uh Dar- Derek Darren Carr, Waller, Derek Darren Carr Waller, the ball on Waller. a sack and that turned into a field goal immediately Peyton Barber fell out of bounds at the two yard line and basically that was a lost possession for the Raiders and then the, they had a short punt and the Bengals turned around and got a field goal. so the Raiders almost gave the Bengals six points on those the Raiders played awful football to start the game and we're somehow down seven points at halftime. Like I was, I was worried for your health and safety and all the Bengals fans because it felt like, um, it felt like the Bengals had played so much better than the Raiders and had gotten all the breaks and they were about to, 
uh, be in trouble. Shout out to Brian J in the comments. Ryan listens to football on mute. Wilson, that is my new nickname. Yeah, what, a, what kind of serial killer listens to football on mute? Breach Wilson. <laughs> he said he did that earlier this season. <laughs> yeah, but when there's an inadvertent whistle, I listen. I turn that mute um, off. Debo, I don't suppose that you got my chat about playing that video, did you, by chance? He responded. He can't do it. Playoff win in 31 years for Cincinnati. Can you talk about and characterize what you're feeling right now in this moment? It's a great win for us, for the city, for the organization. But you know, we expected this, so you know, it's not going to be a big celebration like it was when we won the division. We we took care of business. On to the next round. I love Joe Burrow. Like Joe Burrow might be like one of my top five favorite players in football right now. Brenton, he can't be. He can't be in my top five. I can do whatever I want if I want to. If I want to back Joe Burrow, look, I, by the way, I told you I bet the um, Niners, I bet a Niners Bengals Super Bowl matchup. Why would you do that? That's the last thing any Bengals fan wants to see. Did you not see, or you didn't see the, the HQ thing, did you? Where Wilson and I were talking about our, our picks to win each conference? I did so not. I, I saw did, you I give me a shout out on Shine Show. Yeah, Thanks. I did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Give me a shout out on television for your birthday. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, uh, but like, we saw the same thing for Josh Allen, and we'll get to that game in just a second. But Joe Burrow. They partied like like they threw down when they won the division. And I think that was what he the way he acted after that game today or this afternoon tonight was really important because Bengals fans understandably are like, thank you, Jesus. The the, the it's lifted. We are finally got the playoff victory. But if Kansas City beats Pittsburgh, Ryan Steelers, no wonder Ryan's so salty. If Kansas City beats Pittsburgh on Sunday the Bengals will go to Tennessee and the, the Bengals will dodge. The Bengals dodge one of Buffalo and Kansas city either way. And so, I mean, yeah, they're not, um, you, you're not like, look, when I, I just to put that in perspective, somebody asked me uh, before week 18 started, what would be the ideal playoff run for the Bengals to get to the Super Bowl, which is something you don't talk about because they had never won a playoff game. And just one <laughs> of those dumb things that conversations that shouldn't even happen. But it was like, I hope they get the Raiders in the first round, which was only going to happen if somehow Jacksonville upset the Colts. So it wasn't even, it didn't even seem realistic. Um, and that if they played the Raiders, I thought the Raiders were the best matchup for them in the wild card round. And then their best shot at winning in the divisional round will be against the Titans. And then AFC Championship game, anything can happen. A lot of pressure on a lot of people, especially if it's Buffalo. Um, and I, don't, I, don't wanna, that, I mean, betting against Joe Burrow is just bad business. Isn't this the team that just beat the Chiefs? Well, that's and, what I was going to say. Yeah, exactly. They're going to have that confidence knowing, hey, we just beat this team. And um, as you pointed out, they might be banged up up front. Derrick Henry's coming back. Dante Foreman looks like Derrick Henry's younger brother. I don't know that playing in Nashville is the, 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 the best route. That was before all the injuries. Yeah. I'm giving this answer before week 18. Now with the whole defensive line banged up, it's definitely different. Well, I mean, your other option is the Steelers beat the Chiefs and you go to Buffalo, which doesn't seem very appealing after. Then you get a 52-49 yeah. shootout. Uh, yeah. to, 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 to handle two comments really quickly, I almost spit out my angels envy whiskey because of this comment from Aaron M. Breach. Oh, he looks fantastic. like a poor man's John Leguizamo. Oh, oh, what a big jam. Wallace took it in his hands and said, up, up, and away. That's a compliment. I would say John Leguizamo looks like a poor man's John Breach after tonight. Thanks. What's, what's your jersey there? What'd you get on? I said Breach jersey. Are you crazy? My God, Brenton. I was just confirming for the people they haven't seen it. Turn around. It's an Andy Dalton jersey. What do you I think? Have to it get is? up and turn. I'll turn around. I'm, I'm going to do it because they put your pants on. Oh, yeah. You love to see it. 
Um, hey, do uh, Breach, do you do you wear that jersey for every playoff game? Uh, no, because it's brand new because they just got new jerseys this year. Mm. So I've literally actually never worn it. Except that jersey's one and oh. It is one and oh. So I, mean, I, I don't. I shouldn't have to tell you this, but I'm going to tell you this anyway. Wear it next week. <laughs> Like, don't, don't. Well, I, maybe I won't be on the podcast. Maybe I'll be at the game if they're playing the Titans in Nashville. I was going to say, would hope, I would hope you're at the game. You're going to be going to the game, I would imagine. Have you ever been to a, I guess you, you have been to a Bengals playoff win because you're dead. But I was under the age of 10. So, mm-hmm. um, all right. We, uh, anyway, we'll, we'll talk about the Congratulations, Breach. Congrats, Breach. Let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll, we'll break down the, the breakdown of the New England Patriots next. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. So only one person picked the Patriots to win on CBS. Oh, boy. Who was that? That was me. <laughs> Whoopsie. That's a... Uh, Wait, Brenton, at what point were you like, this was the worst pick I've ever made? <laughs> First quarter, 20 um, nothing. <laughs> was it after the second touchdown, the third touchdown, or the fourth touchdown, or the sixth one? Or the, or the seventh? <laughs> I think that... I think that it was probably when Micah Hyde made that play on the interception. Like, Mac Jones. That was the first drive. It was the Patriots' first drive. Well, the Bills marched down the field. And then the Mac was making some great 47-17 final score uh, of this game. The the Bills, the the Mac Jones made a lot of plays on that first drive. Very first drive, Brandon Bolin dropped the ball, a a 25-yard pass, hit him right in the stomach, and he dropped it. Mac came. They had a few drops. Like, Mac Jones wasn't horrible. Like He was was, I have never seen the Patriots play so undisciplined and so badly. He was really good. Don't say. He played really well, and it's impossible to really judge how you would expect Mac Jones to play once you get up to a 20-point lead. Because you're talking about a rookie quarterback in a hostile road environment with literal dildos coming out of the stands. There it is. And or bildos, if you prefer. The the nomenclature we utilize on this is oh, oh my god. I thought I thought you show it. I, I was like, yeah, no. <laughs> Saturday night Devo tossing it off the <laughs> Devo thought he was gonna get away with it. Um, Devo questioned his life choices once again. But yeah, I mean, like, like Mac Jones is not why the Patriots lost. The Patriots, he was the best player on the field for the Patriots. Pr- probably. The Patriots' offense wasn't the even Patriots. the problem. I know they only scored 17, but it was the Patriots' defense. The Bills, if you take out the kneel downs and you take out the end of the first half, the Bills were the first team in NFL history to go perfect, to get 100% of the yardage offered to them. They didn't have a field goal. They didn't have a punt. And they didn't have a turnover. They scored on every single possession, meaningful possession that they had, all seven of them. Well, not not just scored, 
seven touchdowns on seven straight Yeah, let me throw this out real quick. They were the first team in the Super Bowl era to score a touchdown on five straight opening possessions, their first five possessions in the playoffs, and they did it on their first seven. So no team had ever ever done five, and they did seven. Debo, toss that picture back up and click the possession tab. Because you look at this, what the Bills did, and it is – like mind-boggling how dominant I mean, it was. If you're yeah. a Patriots fan, you should be insulted. What what should you do, Breach, if you are uh, Steve Belichick, calling the defensive plays? What are you saying to your dad on the on the bus ride back to the? You're, you're telling you're saying, Dad, please don't retire because I'm not gonna have a job. Touchdown, 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 touchdown. End of half. Touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. End of game. My God, I mean, everybody caught like what Gabe Davis had one. Dawson Knox had two. Uh, 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 the alignment had one. Devin Singletary caught two. Sweetie Devin Singletary was ran for two, I believe. Yeah, Singletary ran for two. That's what I said. He had two. Yeah, you said he caught two. Uh, Allen would have had seven. Gabriel Davis had one. I he mean, caught two handoffs and ran him into the end zone. Is what I meant. That's okay, Wilson. I'm only yawning right now because I had a hard time staying awake in the second half. It was like that is how crazy this. It was like that just. Write the Bills into the next round because the Patriots are not coming back. They have a rookie quarterback. They're trailing 27 to 3 at halftime. There's a zero percent chance. The Bills could have not played offense the entire second half and they still win 27-17. That is how good their offense was in the first half. Not and played offense. Amazing. I mean, it was just crazy. kneeled the ball. Just kneeled the ball every time and punted it. And the only person that had any drama in this game was Tyler Bass, who decided to miss half his extra point attempts. And the other um, one, he clanged in, but he made it. I mean, the, the, the Bears could have used him a couple years ago, and they would have taken that doink. Uh, by the way, uh, Breach, uh, Brinson mentioned the HQ show where he was touting the Bengals Super Bowl odds. I think 20 to 1, which... 18, 18 to 1, I think, by the time. Don't look terrible, but I, on that same show, I was touting, hey, Brian Dable, why don't you run old Josh Allen and use his legs? And that's exactly what he did. And uh, Josh, Josh Allen had an epic game. Here's 21. the thing, Josh Allen, here quickly, Josh Allen, five touchdowns. Four incompletions. Yes, twenty-one to twenty-five, three hundred eight yards, five touchdowns. The uh, actually his fifth touchdown pass. Great uh, catch by uh, at football uh, Chase Chase Stewart at football perspective. But um, when Josh Allen threw that fifth touchdown pass, it actually ruined his perfect passer rating because it dropped his yards per pass attempt, which is shows you how stupid uh, the the statistic is. Now Allen didn't have a great game against the Patriots the first time in 2021, but that's because it was 70. That was in a 700 mile an hour win. <laughs> the last two weeks or last two games, excuse me, against the Patriots, they've won 33 21 in uh, that was in Foxborough, yeah, mm-hmm. and then 47 17 in uh, Buffalo. That, that, that first win, that 33-21 win, that was the first time ever in Bill Belichick's coaching career that a team did not punt against him. And now this was the second time ever, and it was both the Bills, and it happened three weeks apart. It's insanity. Also, I mean, the halftime score of 27-3, to the largest deficit in, in Patriots history. And you know McDermott. It, the, nothing makes Sean McDermott happier than beating down Bill Belichick, especially remember after the 14-10 game, he was like, you guys are giving Belichick too much credit. Yeah. You know, he's not what beat us. We beat us. And he was right. <laughs> right. I, I mean, he proved his point. You win by double digits uh, two times in a row against the Patriots. I think you definitely proved your point. Yeah, I mean, uh, it was an angry, I don't know if he's an angry Bills fan or angry Pats fan. I'm assuming Bills fan, but it's uh, Scott Murphy in the chat said, Brinson, I guess McDermott wasn't, quote, in his feelings tonight against the Pat- Patriots. No, uh, yeah, yeah, he was in feelings. They, Josh Allen said to the broadcast team that they were too emotional and too worked up for that first game and made too big a deal out of it. And it, it you know, kind of gave their season a little bump. And 
you know, or a speed bump for their season. And then all of a sudden they, you know, they write things together. They beat the Pats in New England and hell yeah, they were emotional coming for this game. There's a reason why they kept scoring touchdowns. It wasn't because they were worried Mac Jones and the Pats were coming back on them. It's because they wanted to send a message. Hey, F you for the last 20 plus years. F you for every Tom Brady game, every beat down bill. Here's 47 on your face in the playoffs. The worst playoff loss. I think in Bill Belichick's career. I yes. can't imagine there are much, much closer games. Yeah, there a couple you go. graphic on the screen. Uh, two worst Patriots losses, 1985 to the Super Bowl by the to the. Uh, oh yeah, that was a little Bears and the NFL Championship game in 1963. Otherwise, the closest one was a 19 point loss in 2009 to the Ravens. I believe Ooh. that was um, year two with Flacco and Ray Rice. Well, remember Wes Welker tore his ACL. During in the regular week, season. In week 17, playing in a meaningless game, and then Ray Rice ripped out that long run. It was a beat. Or was that the text? But you know what that had in common with this game is that they were both in the wild card round, and it feels like whenever the Patriots didn't get a bye, it, that they got to the playoffs more because of Belichick's coaching than the team. And yeah. there's a reason that they've played in the wild card round. I think this was the fifth time uh, since Belichick was hired, and they've never made it to the Super Bowl coming out of the wild card round because they just don't have enough talent. And I don't think any of us thought the Patriots are going to go to the Super Bowl this year. Uh, you know, we saw him playing the wild card round on Tom Brady's last game against the Titans and that in 2019, he threw that pick six at the end. Uh, and then the game Brinson just mentioned that Ravens game. So they had not, they're Oh, and three in the wild card round over the past 15 years. So this was when, Bill Belichick's uh, first wild card round game on the road. Right, so as an actual wild card team versus a division winner playing in the wild card round, right. so first wild card round as an underdog as well for Belichick. So think about that. And let's not forget too, when you get the bye, you get two weeks to prepare. I mean, you give Belichick two weeks to prep for a team, and he's. Although I don't know, and this is the erroneous part. And like I screwed up, I screwed up the handicap, I screwed up the analysis of this game because I felt like Belichick could uh, could coach up his defense enough that they could mitigate the superior talent advantage that the bills have. And that was obviously incorrect. And Josh Allen played a great game. Well, it felt like this was the worst case scenario well, for the Patriots. Mr. Mac Jones down there bragging. Well, he bills, right? This sharp here is two and zero. Oh. If you just looked at my picks, you would have done. Go hey, ahead, God, so is this sharp, but you know, if you're the Patriots, you oh, wait, wait, play, you're I think Pete went, Pete went one-on-one. You yeah, want a one-off team. You know, if the Patriots had played the Bengals, that would have been more interesting because if you play Belichick and the Patriots every year, you, you know, it's not as easy for him to fool you. And, you know, the Bills know every trick you could throw at them. And because they're a more talented team, it is as long as we don't make any dumb mistakes, we're going to win this game. I think that's what Buffalo was thinking. They really thought they were the better team, especially after that 33-21 win in late December. And what uh, if they make no mistakes? <laughs> like, yeah, and what happens if they make no mistakes? They win by 30 freaking points. But, Breach, here's the thing. And I feel like you're sort of flip-flopping because you always come back to who beats the Patriots three times in a season. And I mean, No, I was – read my well, picks column. Only beat them twice. I, I literally I understand said that, but that he, it, 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 this game – Depended on uh, Brenton picked the Patriots. We picked the Bills. It, so obviously the Patriots won the first game 14-10. The Bills won that second game 33-21. Picking this game, it kind of felt like which game you felt was more indicative of how each of these teams were playing this year. But I no one, this I thought the 14-10 game was a fluke because it was in crazy I, weather. I get all that. I get all that. You don't have to go through all this. What I'm trying to say to you is that no one expected the Patriots defense to roll over. No one Correct. expected Mac Jones to play as well as he did. Now, the outcome, I mean, if they lost by uh, 14 points or something, I could certainly buy that. And I wouldn't expect this 
this beatdown, but it wasn't, I never, ever in a million years expected. And I would imagine our guy, Stephen O. Sportsline, he probably did 40 million simulations. None of them had in the defense giving up seven straight touchdowns, all because Josh Allen owned them each and every, each and every drive. And, and, and let's be clear too. Like the very, again, the first possession, the Bills marched down and score a touchdown and looked, it looked pretty easy, but the, but the, I, did you think that first pass was a throwaway? I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. I thought yeah, he, I think he said it. He said it after oh, said the it game. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, had, I had my buddies I was texting with were like, I don't know. He meant to do that. I was like, I don't think he meant to do that, guys. Um, at any rate, uh, they march down and score a touchdown. Then the Pats get the ball, and it's like they're starting kind of slow. But then Mac was making Mac was making moves with his legs, keeping the drives alive. And and they, you know, Brandon Bolton has that big drop, but he recovers. And he puts a dime on somebody. It's go- Who was it that was going to catch the ball? Was it Bourne? Aguilar. It was Aguilar. And Aguilar didn't fight for the ball either, which didn't help Max. He didn't know Micah Hyde was coming out of nowhere. Micah Hyde came out of no. Uh, like, I, it, it was a Harry Houdini interception. I had no idea how he got there and ended up with the ball. Have you ever seen sense. a no look interception before? That was it. That's 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 my that's my point. My point. My point point is that, that it wasn't a bad throw by Mac. I don't even put that much blame on Aguilar. Michael Hyde just made a play. The Bills' safeties are great. He made a play and it flipped the game because I think it was seven to seven. Like I don't think we get a 47-17 out. Brinson, you got so upset that you almost broke I mean, the internet. I know, right? I thought that was just me. He <laughs> he, he he glitched. He got caught in the matrix. There. I glitched. Did I really? Yeah, you you were. You yeah. were Why are they uh, chanting Qantas? They're chanting Qantas in the chat right now. Uh, what uh, what are you drinking, Qantas? What kind of whiskey? Breach I am one. drinking a single malt rye Jack Daniels that I specifically my uh, mother in law got me this for Christmas, and I was not going to open it unless the Bengals won. And mm, so here I am. You, just just opened you little, it. You little. What are you? Is it is it koala bear? What are, what are you? Yeah, the it? top koala bear on this podcast. <laughs> the number Thank one ranked koala bear on this podcast. Hey, I got um, a couple of fun facts for you, real quick. By the way, the Neil. The, okay, I got one for you, and then I'll let you do them. Um, the kneel downs by Mitchell Trubisky at the end of this game caused the Bills to go under nine yards per play for the full game. <laughs> nine yards per play is outrageous. And those those were their first negative plays of the game too. Those yep. kneel downs. Um, way to go, troops! A couple of fun facts. So. Uh, Josh Allen, 150 passing yards, 50 rush yards in the first half. Uh, he's the first quarterback in the Super Bowl era to do it in the first half of football uh, ever. A uh, Super Bowl era, obviously. And then uh, this is from Shield Capadia Athletic. Completed over 80, 80% of his passes, Josh Allen did. Threw for 300 yards, rushed for 50 yards, and had five touchdowns. No quarterback during the Super Bowl era has ever done all those things in a single game regular season or playoffs. That's how good Josh Allen was. Also, I'll give you three names. Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen. Who do you think didn't make the Pro Bowl? <laughs> Josh Allen. Josh Allen did not make the Pro Bowl. Lamar Jackson and Justin Herbert did. What? Uh, somebody is saying that I'm refusing to walk back my worst of all time take, and that what, what was my worst of all time? You have a lot of worst of all time. There yeah, the chat person have to be more. Yeah, you got to. Yeah, you have to be a lot more specific about that, and, and, and it can't be like what. what I mean, he, he's walked back the Garrett Bradbury thing like eight times. What more do you want now? Yeah, I mean. hey, Garrett Bradbury almost caught in. Yeah, touchdown. Yeah, um, the, uh, I, I told you I'm drinking Angel's Envy. What is the deal here? Golly. Do you want to hear a not-so-fun right fact? Now, Do you want to hear a not-so-fun fact if you're uh, the Bills? Bills, fan? Bills fan. No, if you're the Bills going forward. And okay. I'm, I'm I'm pulling for both the Bills and the and the Bengals at this point. Oh, that's funny because guess who has both of those teams on his uh, $100 Super Bowl draft team? 
Anyway, Thank so you. assuming the Steelers don't pull out a miracle tomorrow, it'll be Tennessee and Cincinnati. Breach will be at that game, and then Casey plays Buffalo. And I saw uh, a, a Chiefs uh, radio guy tweet this out during the absolute demolishment uh, of the Patriots by the Bills. Uh, since the NFL went to 12 playoff teams in 1990, teams winning teams that have scored 40 plus point in the wild, points in the wild card round are three and 12 in the next round. So if you're a Chiefs fan and you're worried about this Bills vaunted offense, you can take some solace in this historical quirk that teams that absolutely blow the doors off their wild card opponents and win that game go three and 12 in the next round. Was that 40 or more? 40 or more. That's right. 50 or more. If they hit the 50 burger, they're zero and two in the next round. And and you know, what's funny about that is we don't see 40 or more points scored in the wild card round that often since 2014. This was only the second time it's happened. Do you know who the other team was? Wilson Uh, specifically. I don't know after 2014, I know 2009, 2013, because I'm looking at the tweet. Who was in 2014? No, no. Since 2014, it's only happened twice. The Bills tonight and... Is it a Steelers whooping? It is. Who'd they lose to? They lost to the Browns to Jack- last year. Oh, right. A game they, they should have come back on, but Mike Tomlin punted in midfield to start the fourth quarter, but I'm not better. Yeah, only wild card round, like you mentioned. And obviously, like you mentioned, the Browns lost in the divisional round, so... Uh, nope. Yeah, it is he weird stands, the teams exploding yeah. for a ton of points. Uh, and then before that, it was the Colts in 2013 who crossed, crossed 40, and then they lost to the Patriots. They got smacked down. Um, yeah, it's crazy. That's a good stat. Look like that. that. I mean, told I dress like a 13-year-old boy. I mean, Not wrong. Boy, so so if you're a Bills or Bengals fan, which one of those are you cheering for? What do you mean? Which one of what? See, I think... Right if here. I'm a Bills if, fan, he's got the AFC divisional round picture up here. If the Chiefs win, it's Bengals at Titans, Bills at Chiefs. If Steelers win, oh, it's Steelers at Titans, Bengals at Bills. I, I mean, you're here's, a Bills fan. You want? Um, if I'm a Bills a fan, I think I want the Steelers to win because right, yeah. Then I get a home game in the second round of the playoffs. Don't have to travel to Arrowhead to play K. You get to avoid the Chiefs in Arrowhead. Yeah, you don't want to go to Kansas City yeah, on purpose. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like the Bengals scare me, but the injuries. I mean, and I, I like again, I'm rooting for the Bengals, but the the Bengals uh, had those injuries on the defensive line, and I mean, you know, there were dudes running wide open for the Raiders. Like I, I, I would feel much more confident about beating the Bengals at home than beating the Chiefs on the road if I was Buffalo. All right, here's the early wins over Wilson line: Bills hosting the Bengals. I think it's. Four and a half. Oh, I was going to say five and a half. Like the Bills are definitely favored by well over a field goal. So over the Magic Three number. What about Bills or what about Bengals Titans? What do you think the point spread is there? Yeah, the Bills three. I put it right at three, and I'm taking the Bengals all day long. Look at the drop for the Bills odds there. That's Wilson crazy. was right. You should have bet him before. Um, what's the, what was the line we said for Bills? Bills hosting the Bengals is uh, pl- uh, minus four and a half to five if you're breach. Mm-hmm. Minus six and a half. See this? Yeah. Uh, look at the Super Bowl odds. That's yeah. Super Bowl odds, right? The yeah. Bengals being 12 to one, and they're already in the round of eight. And then the Cowboys are 12 to one. They haven't even made it out of the wild card round. So that's like you're still getting good odds, good value with the Bengals. Uh, 12 and the to Cowboys one. are going to lose on Sunday, too. Nathan Graber McCray asked, uh, why are we even considering if the Steelers win? By the way, keep smashing that like button, getting kind of close to a Brinson sucks at three um, three reasons. Juju Smith Schuster. 
I was going to say because Big Ben came out and said, "What well, we don't even need to right. bother playing. That's a better reason. Like, that is like my big reason for thinking. I have a, I have a bet that uh, I took a, a Steelers, Eagles, 49ers money line parlay on the podcast last week. Pays out like 65 to 1. Jump on, jump on it. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. So smash that like button. Let's give away a hat. The uh, I would say, I mean, I think Bills, Bengals would be Bills minus six and a half. Too high. Okay. Ooh, I said five and a half. Wilson says four and a half. I mean, if it's Bills minus four and a half, is right. Take the Bills and and just hope that Joe Burrow proves me right uh, or proves me wrong. I guess it would be Titans. What about Titans hosting the Bengals? Minus three is what I put it at. Yeah, three or three and a half. I'm taking the Bengals all day long too. I'll say two and a half. I think they keep it under three points. I just yeah, they might not want to get Burrow. Three against that. Derrick Henry injuries potentially on that defensive line. And, for the, and the thing about Derrick Henry, look, the Bengals might have the defensive line, but being a running back in your first game back when you've been out that long, you're not at your freshest. If you, you know? have two defensive tackles, I think that's the best case scenario for Derrick Henry. I mean, that's true. That is true. Unless uh, BJ, they, BJ Hill, I mean, came on and played well. Um, unless they pull a Rams and, and find some retired player who will sign off the street and play for him next week, like they did with Eric Weddle. Uh, what about um, Bills at Chiefs line? That's that one's that one's really tough because I think initially you would just say Chiefs minus three. I was just minus two and a half. I was gonna say minus two and a half. I mean, if, if you're giving me the Bengals and the Bills getting points, I'm taking them on the money line and on the spread. Wait, wait, you taking what now? I mean, I'm taking the Bills plus three in Kansas City next week. What about plus two and a half? Yeah, I, was t- I, th- I just think the Bills. I mean, but also don't forget the Bills walloped the Chiefs earlier this year, and also lost to the Jaguars. 30, Thirty-eight to twenty, though. Yeah, but the Jacksonville is not in the playoffs, Ryan. I don't, know. Uh, I don't know if you know that. You're the draft guru. What do we think the total is for um, uh, uh, Chiefs Bills? Seventy-eight. <laughs> over. I'm less good at over unders. I do think um, there is some some case to be made that you know maybe Derrick Henry won't be Derrick Henry. Well, that's what Breach is saying, and that's fair. But he, you're not asking him to throw passes or catch passes or cover legs, anybody. His legs look tiny, man. But also, him just being on the field, you have to account for him. So, sure. like, the Bengals have to kind of change what they do. And so, then they need a big game. The Titans need a big game from Tannehill. And as somebody in the chat mentioned, the Bengals did beat the Titans last year. And obviously, last year is not a big deal, but the Titans offense is still pretty similar to what it was last year. The defense is a lot better than it was last year. But the Bengals were not that good last year. And, uh, you know, so. A little concerning. Uh, I thought that the Bengals did a pretty good job keeping the pass rush at bay. But it was it felt like, one, maybe they weren't getting called for any holding. And then, two, um, Matt, uh, uh, Matt, Joe Burrow was moving just extraordinarily well in the pocket. Like he was stepping up, sliding, avoiding, you know, hits. There was one moment where he obviously he did take a lower leg hit that it was kind of panic worthy. Yeah, um, and I think that's one thing that gets forgotten is that Burrow looks more comfortable back there every single week. I remember he got sacked like six times in the, the week one. He's the most quarterback in football. Week two. Yeah, he got he was the only quarterback who got sacked more than 50 times. But I'm talking about early in the season, he just wasn't moving. He was just taking the sack because it seemed like he was afraid to do anything crazy. And now he's moving around. He's looking uh, – he, he's not taking those sacks anymore. So he definitely looks more dangerous each week. Take uh, trademark Baker, Baker Mayfield's dangerous trademark now belongs to Joe Burrow. Mm. All right. We're going to keep this podcast under an hour. We're just recapping two games. We'll be back tomorrow night. We will give away another hat tomorrow night. Oh, Scott Murphy re- reveals himself as a Casey fan. Lovely. We are going to give away. We didn't get to our goal. We're going to give away a hat anyway. And it's not you, Colin. Sorry, buddy. 
the winner of the hat. Drum roll, please. Benjamin Upson. Ben uh, Upson on IG. Congrats, Ben. You get a Brinson Sucks hat or toboggan, as I like to call them, or whatever these poofball hats are. It has a poof or is it no poof? None. No poof. So it's a it's a it's a fuzzy. You can add one if you want. You could tape you could tape one on, yes, if you wanted to. It's just rigged. What do you mean it's rigged? Devo just tells me here's who won. I, mean, I love that comment. It's rigged. Devo should whoever gets the Brenton sucks at, they should start sewing on all the picks he gets really bad, like Patriots over Bills. That needs to be a Santa hat then because it's gonna need a lot of room. <laughs> I can't wait to run into somebody in real life who has a Brinson Sucks hat. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, we're like six weeks away from that happening because half the country has one at this point. <laughs> By the way, go treat, go go tweet at Prisco CBS and ask him why he's losing to Ryan Wilson and he gets the spread picks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We'll give you an extra, we will give you an extra entry into the if, – if you can provide us with a tweet that you send to Pete Prisco at Prisco CBS. You might get blocked, say, but it'll be worth it. Say, how are you, how are you so bad at picking? There's some variation of this. How are you so bad at picking games that you're losing to Ryan Wilson every week? And if you, if you provide us with a proof of that tweet, we will give you an extra entry into the Brinson sucks hat uh, contest. Three entries. Depot says three entries. If you trash Prisco, trash Prisco online and be like, you just include uh, at Will Brinson and at Ryan Wilson CBS, and we'll get it. Just random trashing is perfectly fine, too. Yeah, I mean, fantastic. What a great yeah. way to end a Breachian victory. That's for right. The first time in 31 years. All right, Breach, play the music. Let's get out of here. What? You know what I mean? Bingo stuff queued up? You're, of course you're a DJ not. Breach. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be in about four seconds. If anyone was a DJ, it'd be John Breach. Clearly, he has it ready to go. Are you kidding me? Of course I, I do. Said, what's it's Pete's number? Four seconds. The wedding singer. That's interesting. Here's your YouTube that you got. You hit. He rewound the run pass or boot. Congratulations, Breach. And defensively, he's rough. Congratulations, everybody. For whatever. We'll see you back again tomorrow, Sunday night recap. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.